Hi, and welcome to Crypto Chats, a podcast that explores cryptids, alien encounters, and ghost stories. Welcome to another episode of Crypto Chats. Um, today we're going to talk about, uh, we're actually going to do ghost stories today, which I think is fun. I haven't done them yet, but um, now's a good time, if any. So we're going to kick it off today with a ghost story from Hawaii. Um, we're talking about the Green Lady of Wahiawa. Um, this story is really cool and it's interesting to me too because um, I'm I've been a paranormal investigator for a very long time. Um, I've been doing it since I was a small child and I'm, you know, always ready to hear a ghost story. I'm always ready to, to listen to, um, a legend or a tale of some paranormal being. And the thing that you hear more, most often is like ladies in white or ladies in black. Um, and the, the green lady is, is not a super, I don't know, common occurrence, I suppose I'll say. Um, so it's interesting to me to find one. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and then I have a couple of ghost stories that I want to tell you guys, just legends, um, of places that I've been, that I've experienced, uh, in the last year. And yeah, so let's get into it. Um, so the Green Lady of Wahiawa, uh, I don't really have a start date for this one. Um, and that's okay, but she kind of hangs out at the Wahiawa Botanical Gardens um, in Hawaii. And she is this really scary, uh, like, ghostly lady um, who steals children. Um, don't we love a ghost woman who steals children? So we're going to start kind of at the beginning where her lore begins. Um, and I mean, to my knowledge, I like I said, I didn't get like a start time for it. I mean, there's no like, oh, this is exactly when this started. But I don't have like, you know, the date and time that this woman would have actually existed. So we're just going to go with it anyway. So the legend of the Green Lady of Wahiawa is that this woman used to take her children to the botanical gardens very regularly um, to just, you know, get them... I don't know, like, educated in plants. Um, and also it's just something to do. Like, my parents took me to the YMCA a lot when I was a kid because they were like, you have nothing else to do. Here's go swimming. So I understand. Anyway. Um, and so the Wahiawa Botanical Garden uh, was along a busy street and there was a bridge. And then um, alongside the bridges, uh, there was what is referred to in this story as a gulch, but... I kind of refer to it a little more as a ditch. Um, so like, you know, the ditches off the side of the highway if you're going up like 101 East, um, there's like the ditches on the side, but that's kind of, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so um, she would bring her children to the Wahiawa Botanical Gardens regularly, right? And because the busy street was next to the bridge, she didn't like to, to have her children like walk next to the busy street. So she would have them go through the gulch and like cross through the gulch um, to get to the botanical gardens instead because she thought it was safer. Basically, what happened was that one day she's leaving the botanical gardens, she's on her way out, her kids are with her, and they get separated in the gulch 
outside of the botanical gardens. Um, and she spent some time looking for them, could not find her children, and that is where this legend is born. And there are a couple different, um, I guess, things that supposedly happened. Um, she either spent all of her time looking for her children in the gulch, um, and then, you know, grew old and eventually died and was just um, doomed to spend the rest of her life looking for her children in the gulch, or she died in the gulch looking for her children afterwards. I don't know, obviously. I'm not sure which one is the truth. Uh, could be both. What if it's both? That's fun. Um, so this is kind of where it gets a little interesting because I know that everybody has like a local ghost story that, you know, the kids tell each other to try to scare them. Like we see it in movies all the time. Like the kids are like, oh my God, that house is really haunted. Like pay five bucks to go sleep in it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's, you know, very apparent here too, that children now still are like, oh, I, I don't know, like I dare you to go through the gulch at night. And some of the brave kids and adults and people of all ages um, who have done um, that, just that, gone and stayed in the gulch at night or hung out in it or whatever, gone close to it, have reported that this ghost woman does in fact roam the gulch. Um, and her description is kind of terrifying, like, but also like she sounds beautiful. Um, so green skin covered in fishy scales almost like mermaid-esque, but like kind of grosser, um, with like long black hair that's like somewhere a mix between like seaweed and like rotting moss. Um, you know, picture like a, like a siren, I guess, if I had to, to compare her to something, I would think it would be like a siren, but like the more realistic version of what a siren would look like and not like a beautiful, like mermaid woman, but like a scary monster that, is gonna eat you. Um, and she supposedly has like really jagged teeth. Um, and she, like I said earlier, is doomed to um, search the, the gulch for her children um, forever. And I don't know, you know, I looked into a lot of this stuff. I actually, I'm not gonna lie, I fell asleep in the middle of researching this one and then just never went back to it because that's part of who I am. But um, I did not ever find anything about if people see the spirits of her children, um, or if people, um, I don't know. I, I just, like, I didn't find any, like, really solid sightings other than, like, here's a description, here's what she does. But she does supposedly steal people's children, which is part of the reason kids dare each other to go and hang out in the gulch, because they're like, haha, she's gonna steal you. <laughs> Which is funny. Uh, well, no, it's not funny, but it's it's kind of funny because I can remember like being a child and being like, mm -hmm, something's gonna happen to you. Because um, I used to do that shit with my brothers all the time when I was a small child. So uh, anyway, that's kind of all I have on the Green Lady of Wahiawa, just because like I said, I fell asleep in the middle of researching it, but I got the, you know, the solid information for you guys. That's like the majority of it. And this is ghost stories too. So like there aren't super solid reports usually, you know, a ghost story is, is a little bit different than a cryptid sighting where like, I don't know, I feel like more people can experience a ghost than 
the average person experiences a cryptid encounter, if that makes sense. Like, I, I mean, as someone who's been um, a paranormal investigator for almost 17 years now, like, I have experienced significantly more ghosts than cryptids, excuse me, just burped. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's, it's sometimes a bummer because I would love to see a cryptid because, you know, it's part of who I am. But I think, I, I don't know, I just, when it comes to ghost stories, it, it feels, it feels okay that there's less, like, recorded sightings, like, less, like, solid, like, big instances of sightings, if that makes any sense. But, you know, I want to talk about, um, actually a ghost story that I have experienced, um, because I think it would be fun. So, um, in Stowe, Vermont, there is a beautiful covered bridge over this nice little stream and it's all rocky. It's like very New England woods looking. That doesn't really make sense unless you live in New England, but like when you're walking through the woods in like, I don't know, any wooded part of New England and you find like a little stream and it's like all rocky and there's not really a beach, but like the water's really nice and it like, I think I'm painting a picture that people who are native to this area definitely can see. And if you can't, if you're not from New England, just Google New England woods stream, I guess, because that'll give you a good idea. But basically this covered bridge in Stowe, Vermont is like picturesque, like New England beauty. It's so pretty. It's like, it's honestly like we went there, it's about a three hour drive from me and we got there and I was like, God damn, like I could just sit here and like, I don't even like, you know, like I love ghost hunting, but I could really just sit here and like have a picnic and just like enjoy the beauty that is this place. And if you follow me on Instagram, you also may have seen some of the pictures that I posted over the summer of us being there um, because it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Anyway, um, so Emily's Bridge, that's what it's called. It is deep in the woods of Stowe, Vermont, and it is beautiful. So the legend of Emily's Bridge, there are kind of a few different variations to it. And so it's like, I'll tell you all three of them. Two of them are really similar to each other. And then one of them is kind of just like thrown in there, I guess. But they're all like pretty realistic of like things that could potentially have happened. So in the 1700s, there was this, um, I think about probably 16 or 17 year old girl named Emily. And so her whole deal was that she um, was in love with this boy who her her family did not want her to be with. Um, and, you know, that's a tale we've heard time and time again. And so Emily snuck away in the middle of the night to meet her lover at the bridge. Uh, but unfortunately, her parents had found out um, her plans and sent her dad and her brother to beat up her lover. And so he never showed at the bridge and she sat there and waited for hours by herself. And she was so overcome um, and so like heartbroken that she decided to take her own life. Um, and there are a couple variations of how she did that. Um, one was that she hung herself from the bridge 
and then the other is that she drowned herself in the river below which be having been there I'm like eh, probably not because uh, there's not enough water I don't think for you to forcibly drown yourself because like that's something that people have a hard time doing that's not an easy way to do that um, and I just don't think that's that one's super realistic um, but the other theory so that's two we've got the um, the hanging and the drowning the other theory kind of realistically like makes sense right like so the other theory is that she was just riding a horse-drawn carriage through this area and her horse kind of like went a little haywire and she was flung from her carriage and died in the creek and I'm like that that makes sense especially because there are hills on either side of this bridge and I know that to be true because I have been there <laughs> so <laughs> um so those are the theories of, you know, what has happened there. And it's actually pretty cool because um, New England loves its ghosts. New England loves its ghost stories and, like, really appreciates its ghosts. And so there's a nice little plaque about um, Emily and her story and some of the hauntings that happen at this bridge, which I appreciate very much. Thank you, Stowe, Vermont, for that one. But um, some of the things that people have um, experienced there are like apparitions um they've heard voices whispering um you know really clear responses to questions um people have captured a blue mist on camera that's you know ever changing in its shape um but definitely there and so when we went we we did all of these you know little experiments as well trying to capture some of the, at least some of the same evidence as other people and we you know i specifically captured this beautiful blue mist uh, a bunch of times on my camera and every time it was shortly after me being like hey emily like please show yourself to me like i just want to see you that would be so cool and then i would get it and i'd be like "Ooh, you look beautiful i think my approach to ghost hunting is really why um, the spirits like me because I'm very, very enthusiastic and very motivational. But anyway, we got a lot of cool like audio responses as well. Um, all this stuff is on my ghost hunting blog too. It's in my link tree, which I am now realizing I have not linked to my Spotify yet, but I will. So you guys can read it if you'd like. Um, but it's super cool. And like, I really just, I love New England ghost stories. Like, I think they're really fun. Um, there's a cemetery, excuse me, down the street from where I live. Well, it's not down the street. It's like 15 minutes away, but I've been there a couple times and it's like, it's a perplexing place because it's definitely super active and I've been there a lot of times and every single time I've had a different kind of experience, um, with the spirits there, but there is almost nothing no not almost nothing there is nothing about any of the of the spirits or like the situations that could have caused the spirits to be there about this uh, cemetery online there's nothing like i've looked it up a couple times just to try to be like so why is this place so weird like what's happening here what's going on and you know i found nothing literally nothing the only thing that comes up when you uh, look up the cemetery is one of those find a grave websites. Um, and yeah, and I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm about to start making my own theory as to why this place is so f crazy and weird. And I, 
<laughs> I say this all the time. My my ghost hunting team is I'm pretty sure like pretty tired of listening to me talk about poppers graves because I talk about them so much because uh, I'm crazy. But poppers graves are like the graves that are buried outside of the cemetery and for like a whole slew of reasons like it could have been someone who was a criminal someone who was poor someone who was like not part of the church um someone who committed suicide like there are a lot of reasons why you could end up in a pauper's grave and to me and in my experience most of the like super intense hauntings in cemeteries specifically because i i should clarify that a lot of my paranormal investigation experience has been in cemeteries um because my dad loves cemeteries and that's what we've been doing since i was a kid but um i I, at least for me and like this obviously is a very general statement and it's like it doesn't apply to to every single like cemetery or graveyard out there but i found that pauper's graves end up being like kind of the root of all activity and I think it has like a lot to do with like how these people were treated in death and how um, you know they were usually ostracized from their society and definitely had a lot of like leftover um, like residual hatred towards the people around them which is fair I think but yeah I don't know um, I'm rambling very much today because I love ghosts, but I'm going to wrap it up because I want to. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode, um, especially now that I'm on Spotify. Uh, hope you guys are liking it. Um, if you have suggestions or, uh, requests for, for topics or anything, uh, message me on Instagram. My Instagram is cryptidbaddie. It's the same as you will see in my Spotify bio. Um, And yeah, I, I love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.